0: That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, from Boulder, Colorado, I'm George Thomas. You're listening to Snowbound with Rick Lyons. Rick, always great to chat with you. Thanks very much for joining us.
1: My pleasure, George. Just sitting up here getting my lists together for packing.
0: (laughs) Well, that sounds like an exciting evening. We're having a huge windstorm down here.
1: Well, we had yeah, I had pretty good wind up here today, too, for, for this part of the
0: woods. So. You know, and I went up to go ski today, and it was really warm and Boulder this morning, so all I took was a hoodie, and I, it was raining in Nederland, almost at uh, Eldora, and uh, snowing hard when I got up there. So I was luckily able to borrow a jacket, but talk about freaky spring weather. <laughs>
1: Perfect, yeah. <laughs> you would I think... That was what I got.
0: well i actually in my skiing today it got me thinking about this topic because i went up for a clinic and uh we had a rocky mountain examiner up there and i ended up with a private for uh the afternoon there were only three of us in the morning and possibly because the weather was kind of atrocious but uh i mean it was amazing i had just a great ski experience and it got me thinking, you know, if I went to an area, knowing you and a number of other people in PSIA Northwest, yeah, I would want to have my lesson with someone like you who's trying out for the PSIA National Demo Team. How do people go about that? How do people educate themselves about the instructor they're signing up for? Ski lessons are really expensive these days.
1: Well, especially if you're taking a private lesson. I think if you do take a private lesson, it's you you know, you deserve to request who it is you want to go up with. Um, and so if you do know about certification processes or anything to that effect, uh, then why not ask for a, a, a full certified or level three certified instructor and someone that may be a staff trainer? Because um, it's, it's not going to cost any different, uh, at least in the, in the United States as far as that's concerned, uh, there are some cool tools out there that I, I know a friend of mine Tyler Barnes uh, he's a web developer and has been doing a bunch of work with a, a product called Snow Pro Portal and there's a couple different components of it that ski areas are starting to use where they're actually uh, putting information up about the individual instructors so you can go look at their bio and get some details on you know, what, what this this uh, different staff members have for different certifications and accreditation. So if you have a, a child that you want to go out and uh, get a good lesson for and you're looking for someone that's got a children's specialist training level, you can go up and look this up and see who are my children's specialists on staff and I can select someone specifically based off their bio. Maybe someone that, you know, has kids of their own or, or whatever, however they decide to advertise themselves.
0: So it's really gotten more than just word of mouth now. You know, Oh, Rick's a great instructor. You're going to want to ask for him. If I'd never been to your area, I could actually go to the website with Tyler's programming and find out who the different people are up there.
1: If those different skiers have, have adopted that product, and Mountain Meadows is one that has done it. Killington, Vermont, I think, has got it going on. Um, and there's a few more out there using these products that That basically, you know, social media has gotten pretty big with with the the generation and people want to be informed about what they've got going on. So why not figure out, you know, if I'm going to sign up for a private lesson, why don't I select exactly who I want to do the job?
0: So this also sounds like more motivation for new instructors to get their certifications.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. Certifications or accreditation, you know, so that... You become more marketable, um, especially if the environment is getting more educated in those arenas. The East Coast Division, PSI East, did a, they did a marketing plan. They started working on some stuff marketing two years ago, uh, working on educating the public relative to skiing with certified ski instructors, uh, pros or PSIA pros, versus just... Uh, else. And, you know, it's kind of interesting. There's, just in like a Northwest division, we have 3,000 members that are PSI members. Um, but we also know that there's over 6,000 ski instructors in the Northwest region teaching. So only 50% of those teaching instructors are PSI certified at some level. They're members of, of PSIA.
0: I had no idea it was that Low compared to the overall.
1: It's, and it was kind of shocking when I saw that that information too. I mean, but you're estimating based off of, you know, what schools report as far as staff levels and what you get as far as membership dues. And so the numbers start to crunch out. And there's there's a number of, of schools and other stuff there, concession schools, for example, at Snoqualmie and Hot Stop. And specific programs, or you look at Nordic people, or uh, you look at the adaptive program, a lot of those people don't necessarily go through certification processes.
0: Now, I've heard, and I don't want to say the name of the area because I'm not certain of that, but uh, I have heard that there are some areas that are doing their own certifications. How would that stack up to PSIA?
1: You know, it's it's there's not a there's not a governing body out there that says that uh, you have to be you know follow the Professional Ski Instructors of America programs mm-hmm. and thought processes. But the way that you know there's there are other schools out there. Um, PMTS is another group out there that's doing their own training systems and whatnot for. Uh, ski instruction and there are schools that don't necessarily think that they need to be a PSIA member school which is just fine if they if they've got the product and they know what they want for their to deal with their client I think that's fine the PSIA you know as far as I'm concerned and the way that I I work at it's like you know we're student centered it's more about what does that student need uh, and what do we need to be able to do to help them Uh, to get to their goals and so There's not a true, you know professional ski instructors of America prescription of how you have to teach What there is is there's these areas of things that we identify uh, relative to uh, Getting people to advance more effectively, but more along the lines of what it is that they need So we we identify these skills that the ski can do we identify these movements that we do to facilitate those keys, uh, movement or skill applications, and we go in and start looking at teaching models as far as how to introduce and assess and guide practice and, and these type of things to, to help ski instructors get better at it. And so, hopefully, that they are getting that client a better product. The more educated they become, and you know, that's one of this this weekend. I just did an exam up at. Stevens past and one of the things that, that you're looking at is, is anybody that's out there working on training to achieve certification or to get their accreditation processes, the client that they serve gets a better product the more that those instructors go out and train, because they're trying to get better at, at helping that client out. And so if there's a school out there that has a, a phenomenal training staff and thinks that they can deliver a better product than they can through certification processes in PSIA, and they can do it less expensively or whatever, then who's to to, to rub it out the wrong way, you know? It's, but, you know, we are a national organization. We have a, a large number of members uh, with a bunch of people that work together to try to advance uh, the profession of, of teaching, skiing, and snow sports. And so, you know, through the larger mind, I think we have a pretty good idea of how to proceed uh, well, and help our customers to get the products they want.
0: And something you said in an earlier interview that we did was that level one, level two, level three is actually really important because you could go to Killington and have a level three instructor and then go to Crystal Mountain in Washington and know that you're having someone who's passed the same test and has the same skills.
1: And also communicates in a similar manner, um, you know. So yeah, it's, it is something that it does because there are more areas in the country that have you know, that are PSIA versus any other uh, teaching system out there. And which the reason that we have PSIA back in what was it sixty four um, or a little bit sixty? It was actually up here <laughs> of all places at Whitefish at Big Mountain, Montana, uh, when the first uh, PSIA organizational component was made. I think it was 67, the 50-year anniversary, right? Um, And there's a book, actually, it started in the mountains uh, that describes what was going on. But at that time, there was the Austrian ski instruction method, there was the French instruction method, the Arlberg. There was a number of different schools that were all competing for Business and then there was a bunch of Americans that said, "You know what? We probably need our own thing. Let's make a let's make an organization and start creating our own thing, so that we can get a little bit more unified." I mean, think about the coverage that we have here. We go from you know, Mount well up up in Alaska uh, down to California, out to Carolina, up to Maine. You know, there's a whole lot of of a country that has ski instruction in it. If you think about that compared to Switzerland or Austria or France, it's a lot smaller amount of geographic area. So we can get an awful lot of, of, of information, knowledge, and different stuff from all these different places.
0: Now, have you ever had a lesson from uh, someone from another country's organization? And is there really a difference between what they teach and what. The- Uh, we teach in america.
1: You know, I I've, I've worked with some New Zealand guys and I've worked with some Canadians um, and they're not they're not significantly different. We we have very similar processes. We talk about I mean the skills concept is kind of common across them although they change some stuff a little bit. Um, there are some technique things that some will have a little bit more focus on kind of like we were talking about last time stance with <laughs> some other things um but you know a lot of uh, interski just completed and and one of the big topics of interski was uh and you you listen to whether it's the canadians presenting or the austrians presenting or or even you know anybody else for the big push on on student centered Uh, what is student centered how do we how do we really you know it's and is it me doing what I want to do from a teacher's perspective, thinking you need to do this, or am I really looking at the student and knowing and helping them to, to get to their goals? And how do I go about that?
0: Now, student-centered brings up, I don't know, kind of a, I don't think this is controversial, but it is, you know, I'm thinking you get what you pay for. Um, if I went to, your area and requested you uh i believe the cost of a private lesson with you would be about the same as someone who was in their first year is that correct
1: yeah yeah it's up to the area to determine what their private lesson structure is um and so yeah if you if you came up and you didn't know whether you're in a first year or a 20 year vet um it would probably be the same cost and and it may be a little bit different product.
0: And is that fair to the client?
1: Well, most of your schools for private lessons are going to staff those with your most experienced instructors anyway because they do know that the clients are are demanding a higher level product and they will staff that effectively. Um, And so I know at the whitefish here. The the private lessons. Now, a lot of people you'll get. You'll be in a group lesson, and then you might. The person will have a good time in the group, and they'll want to, to continue with you, and they'll set up a private. But if you're just doing a walk-in private lesson, most of those are done with longer-term employees uh, that have multiple certification levels. The same thing at Meadows, and most ski schools will will make sure that the people that are working the private. Uh, the private lessons are higher qualified for sure. But there may be those days that they run out of staff. Um, But hopefully their training that they're working on and everything else, that uh, the person that signs up for that lesson is still going to get a good product.
0: So another good reason for new instructors to get their certifications?
1: To to get as much training as they can and to start learning, learning what it is all about yeah
0: and the reason i bring that up i mean it is an expensive process to go through the certification uh levels
1: it is it's, it's an expensive process and one of the things you know as as an area operator if you look at the area operators i think it was two years ago statistically if you look at a first time student would come to a ski area and get a lesson and, and, and go forward and that's uh, First time, so out of 100 people, the those that converted to becoming full-time skier scur- or, you know, or long, lifelong learners of the sport was about 15%. 15 out of 100 people would return, and so there's a lot of competition for that their time and that dollar, and and how effective we are at sharing the passion that we have of this sport uh we we want to we want to get better at that as much as possible and training is the best way that we can do that to help people give good product so that those clients that come out want to stay and keep coming back
0: so 15 is kind of depressing for a sport that's so fun
1: is it (laughs) yeah so there's those numbers, and there's been a lot of programs put in place that the area operators have started working on conversion programs. And that's where you start seeing the the world's largest ski lesson going on. You see the, the uh, multi, you know, learn to ski programs where you get three times uh, and you get lift lesson and rental for a really low rates um, and, and that type of stuff. And, and there's a number of, of different things that areas are working on for conversion product to to really bring people in and, and get them introduced to it in a little bit longer term. But you know, I can put yourself in into to the uh, customer's shoes, you know, for someone that is a Seattle person that's okay, well I'm gonna I'm gonna take my kids up to go to a ski area and 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 set up. So first thing I do is I'm driving up and no covered roads, and now i got to throw chains on my car and get soaking wet in the slush and then finally get up to a parking lot and i got to park a half mile away from where it is that I'm going to go stuff. i got to haul my kids and all their stuff up, get into a line, queue up for some period of time to go see if I can't get rental gear and a lesson set up and then figure out where the lesson meeting area is, get lost, and then go try to get there on time. Turn around and, and have lunch and pay ski ski area prices for food. It can be pretty.
0: <laughs> I'm not going to go skiing I, tomorrow after that.
1: <laughs> right. So then he's got to get in his car and get into the traffic going back down off of the hill. And, and the kids want to, you know, eat dinner or whatever. But it's it it can it can be if it's not if we really don't think about the whole experience of what our customers ex- go through to come up and enjoy this and, and make it worth their while. I mean, the lesson costs one thing, the gas and the, and the experience and the time and everything else. You know, how how easy is it to go to a movie and get entertained versus to go up to a ski hill and, and enjoy that outdoor experience? It's, nice. it's, it's a big challenge for us to, to make it the most inviting and easygoing thing. I tell you, you know, going to places like the Yellowstone Club, they do a pretty good job of it. <laughs> <laughs> they come out to the car, they unload the skis for you, they put them out on the snow. It's like, yeah, there's a, there's a way. but.
0: <laughs> 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 so, of all the areas you've worked at, what customer service most stands out to you? And grabbing the skis and putting them in the snow doesn't count.
1: Well, you know, there's... The, Steve Brought at Mount Hood Meadows many, many years ago started uh, bus programs for adults, midweek bus programs, and, and he would go out uh, and, and he would recruit, he would go to different places, get meetings, and they would get these, you know, Greyhound-style buses. They would load stuff, load, load all these people up. So basically, all you have to do is get to this parking lot, and then we've got a bus there, uh, we'll run it up, the ski instructors actually would go out and they would meet the buses, unload the equipment, introduce themselves to what was going on, and help people into getting where they needed to go. And so with that program, and that's still going on, there's still midweek adult multi-week programs going on at Meadows that really works to catering to that that client. Now at Whitefish, you look at, I mean, there's, they got a similar thing set up for, for multi-week stuff and the children. And, you know, if you set up and do a lesson and come in, uh, you can pull up right there, get unloaded, get the kids in the lodge, right into the children's center, get them set up and go, meet the instructors indoors. They get, they get their gear set in place, and then they get out of snow and they're out all day long. Um, and, then, and there's lots of areas that are really starting to work on that type of stuff. So how you how you bring people through the parking lot? How you get them into your uh, your building? How far they have to carry gear before they can get it out on the snow? All those things are things that logistics that we want to keep considering and figuring out how to how to streamline and make it as as low impact as possible.
0: Well, Rick, it's always a pleasure chatting with you. Kind of what I said at the very beginning. I really appreciate you taking the time, and I sure wish you the best in your upcoming tryout. We're definitely going to be checking in with you as much as possible uh, leading up to that, and uh, hopefully we'll have a very positive response from you once it's over.
1: Cool. Well, at this point, I'm I, I'm packing up because I'm headed from here. I head down to Sun Valley, so I head to Sun Valley Thursday to do our spring symposium with so we got PSI Northwest and PSI Intermountain getting together for three days of fun in Sun Valley. Um, then from there, I'm going to head down to, to Utah to go hook up with some friends for a few days and then drive over to Breckenridge and climb into this next uh, program, What's <laughs> to <gonna> call it.
0: <laughs> How are you going to handle the altitude? Pretty good? What's the altitude of whitefish?
1: It's not very high. The top of a Whitefish mountain uh, is 6,800 feet. Um, so that's part of going to Utah, I go to go to Alta, do some stuff there, and and, and transition over. I've, you know, I've I've skied Loveland and A Basin, and I've been at Mammoth, and I've been and it, and it takes you know it takes me a day to kind of tune into it. I mean, I I grew up in Bozeman at higher elevation, so wasn't too bad, but I do notice it. Once in a while, if you just just it over and you try to perform, you know, same day. So, but it takes about twelve hours of, of time there, and, uh, and it's usually pretty good.
0: Top is sixty-eight hundred. I live at sixty-five hundred feet. <laughs> How
1: about that, right? <laughs> so, yeah, so it's not super high in the sky, but it's beautiful country. I'll tell you what.
0: Well, we look checking look forward to checking in with you out on the road. And uh, really appreciate your time this evening.
1: George, it's been great. Thank you very much.
0: Snowbound with Rick Lyons, Boulder, Colorado. I'm George Thomas.
1: Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time.